Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. What is up, plant people? Hey, it's time once more for the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives, careers, and general awesomeness of some very cool plants and nature people to figure out why they do what they do and what keeps them coming back for more. I'm Vikram Baliga, your host and your humble guide in this journey through the sciences, and as always, my dearest friends, I am so excited to be with you today. I'm, I'm going to be honest, this one got me a little bit. I was so excited to talk to today's guest. Like the fact that she even agreed to talk to me was was crazy. But um, my guest runs what I think is the best account on social media. And I'm not even going to put any caveats on that. I think it is the funniest thing on the internet. So my guest today is named Sarah Sutherland. And she is the social media specialist with the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. Yes, my friends, that Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation that puts out banger after banger of funny tweet and TikTok and Instagram reel. And it's, it is it is for me the pinnacle of science communication right now. It's so good in terms of discussing policy and interacting with nature. And all of it boils down to Sarah's brilliant mind and wonderful personality and in incredible sense of humor. And now she runs the social media efforts at the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation, talking about everything from the reasons that you shouldn't hug mountain lions as cute and huggable as they look to why you should interact with wildlife and why you should wear a life jacket. Uh, She heads up the communication of so much science and so much policy, and she does it, in my opinion, expertly. Sarah and I had a long, great conversation about her life, her career, the reason she does what she does, and some of the ethos and ideas behind this this wonderful outlet on the internet. So y'all are going to love Sarah. She is wonderful and an absolute delight of a human being. And I don't think I'm overselling this. I think this is 100% an accurate representation of what you're about to hear. So I'm going to shut up so you can hear episode 99 of the Planthropology Podcast with one of my very favorite people, Sarah Sutherland. Sarah, I am so excited to talk to you today. Like, I, I, I don't want to oversell this, but I think you're the funniest person on the internet. Oh, no, that is an oversell. You can't, you can't say that. <laughs> I'm, I am, I am tying you to that right don't now. Don't do that to me, Four man. seconds into this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? How long I, is this podcast? Uh, I, mean, I mean, as long as it needs to be, we're just going to talk about this the whole time. It's going to be real awkward. Um, I don't have that much material. I don't. <laughs> really you, don't. you didn't realize you were just supposed to come on and tell jokes for 40 minutes? Huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Why? Um, so, Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Uh, tell us what you do and, and uh, your background, how you got there, whatever you, whatever you want to tell us. Okay, cool. Um, let me think. My name is Sarah Sutherland. I work for the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. I am a communication and education specialist. Okay. So what that means is I do a lot of different things. And my friends who all have the same job title do a lot of different things. <laughs> um, and we try to make it work. And what else about me? I have been here for like three years. And yes, that is that is it. I'm sorry I didn't rehearse 
My, <laughs> <laughs> we can do that again. We can do that again. I'm so sorry. No, it's um, it's fine. It's fine. So so what like what's your background? What did you study in school? Where did you grow up? All that all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, let me think. What do we want to do first? Do we want to do I, I like? Guess, I guess start with like your background. Where'd you grow up? How did you get into nature? Okay. How did I got into nature? That's a good one. Um, let me think. I grew up kind of all over the place. So my parents are preachers. Okay. And before that, they were in the military. So I was actually born in Texas. I was born on Fort Hood. Okay. A little army brat. And then um, we just moved around a lot. So my dad would take like, churches in really small towns. Um, and it was just me. I'm like one of five siblings, so big family. And um, we would just move around a lot to these small little churches in Texas and Oklahoma. So I was always like in a rural area without a lot of friends. And so what do you do? You just go outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, And that's kind of where I don't want to say there was ever like a moment that I was like, oh, wow, outside. It was just we were, I don't want to say we were feral because that sounds bad on my mom, but like eh. I'm one of the older kids. So I'm like, we were in go outside kids. Yeah. Um, just get out of the house kids. And if I wanted peace and quiet, I had like one of my favorite places to go was like this ditch behind the house. And we lived in and there's this like tornado shelter that had been like dumped there. And so I was just like sitting on top of this like cement block in a ditch, probably like covered in poison ivy and stuff. That's how I figured out I'm not allergic. Um, That's good to know. Yeah. It was by like trudging through this ditch and my dad would call me and be like, you can't go through there. There's going to be like snakes and stuff. I'd be like, yeah, I saw them there. There's so many snakes in there, you know, just kind of a thing. So it's just, I was an outside kid. Um, and then as a grown up, of course you get into college and a lot of times people like lose that connection to nature when you're trying to get your life together, you know, mm -hmm. because nature very much is a leisure thing for a lot mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. and in your lifestyles, you know. So um, I got really broke basically in college and realized that I was pretty good at living in my car. So I um, it was very much one of those natural parks hobos kind of situation where like i'm being dead serious it's so sad um everyone was like converting their vans and stuff because i was in college at like the big era of influencers van life culture yeah. that was like hot when i was in college that was like what everyone was doing i could not afford that i was so broke but i had a ford escape and like a pretty good knowledge of how to start a fire so like i just go. did that and learned through lots of trial and error basically how to be outside more and um did a lot of backpacking and saw a lot of the country that way um just very much like the broke kid wandering around way um mm -hmm. don't regret it i do wish i would have had like more protein in my diet at that time <laughs> but oh well <laughs> and now i'm here so yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting you say that uh, because I think there is this very um, romanticized, like like you're talking about, van, like hashtag van life yes. culture on the internet. And you yes. see all these vans that people build out. I'm like, that cost you $70,000. Like, it that does. That is not like a... 
(laughs) Yes. It's like, be free, like be a nomad. And then, you know, but I was eating like goldfishies. Uh That, that was my sustenance for a long time because you can buy like those huge gallon versions for like 10 bucks. And then there's enough salt that you can get into altitude and like be okay for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, I'm sustaining water. It's all right. Yeah, goldfish are like the perfect altitude food. Oh, they are. I could talk about that for an hour if you wanted to. Altitude. (laughs) Like the the pros and cons or just the pros of goldfish. Yes. There's only pros. It's like it has more carbs than you think, but it's like 55 crackers is only like 140 calories, I think. Yes. Yes. So if you're like working out or you're climbing, like I got into climbing a lot. Um and you're not looking for a snack that'll like make you take off your gloves. Yeah. Or I like to ice climb. So I like snacks huh. that I can just pull out and then put in my body. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't need a big barrier. I don't have time for wrappers. I just need like calories. You need a handful of goldfish and you need to be going. Yeah. Moving along. Yes. Ice climbing. I th- so what I'm already getting a picture of is that you're far braver than me and way no. more adventurous than me. <laughs> no, not really. I don't want to think – I don't want to think that way because I'm not – because you – like I'm not good at any of it. Like I'm not good at it. Like you tell people that you do it and they think you're cool and it's like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> there aren't photos of me doing this because I don't look – I look like I'm struggling the entire time. But it's fun. So I, you just go do it again. But I'm not good at anything that I do, especially athletically. I just go out there. Cause, like, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> what else you I mean, that's fair. There's, yeah. There is a quote from me in, I don't know if it was my junior yearbook or uh-huh. my senior yearbook in high school. I played tennis in high school because look at me. Um, <laughs> and uh, the quote is, yeah, tennis is okay, but chess is my real sport. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm bad at chess. Like, in fact, I'm worse at chess than I am at tennis. Next. But at the time, I was like, this will be funny. I, I think I have taken, and I, I, I'm realizing now that I've done this for more of my life than I care to admit, of, mm-hmm. oh, he tells silly little jokes, and I've turned it into my, like, my entire personality. Yes. Like, that's my whole personality. Yes. I resonate with that. Um I resonate with people being like, oh, you're funny. And then especially when I was a kid now as an adult, I really just I don't know what's wrong with me. Like my brain, my brain is changing and I can feel it. Um, But that's a different conversation. But as a kid, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, this person liked me that one time that I did this. So I'm going to keep being that way, like keep fitting that vibe. And it gets hard to keep up with (laughs) Mm -hmm. as you like meet different people. and You're like, okay. What do we do? Oh, yeah. We're like a volleyball friend. And then when you get into dating, it's even worse because it's like, oh, my God. Uh, Yes. That was random. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I totally. No, I'm totally right there with you. That's such like a relatable experience just about. Well, but it's it's also it's also an interesting thing. Like when we talk about, you know, hiking and camping and fishing and even just Mm like like. I I got into in college for a little bit, just like going out and like looking with looking at plants with friends and things like that. And because it's like, oh, this is something I can go do with someone. Uh, The nature, uh, nature in general and plants and animals and everything else are 
something that in, in a lot of ways are really easy to like bond over, like yes. you form good friendships doing those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it, I don't know. I, I was such a loner in my connection to nature because it was literally how I got away from all my siblings. Mm-hmm. It's how I got out of the house kind of a thing. And now that I'm a grown up and I'm doing things with people, I've actually had to learn to not be just such a weirdo to be like, don't just take off walking and not tell people what you're doing or that you see something. Like I do that to my husband all the time. I'll just straight up ditch him and then be like, Oh crap, I'm over here. Sorry. That's funny. That's really funny. Well, and I, and I laugh because like I've had a similar experience. My wife has a degree in um, wildlife science. She studied yeah. um, conservation and ecology and, um, so like we'll go to the zoo and she's all about the animals and I'm this dope, like standing off to the side. There's like lions and I'm staring <laughs> at a tree like an idiot. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this tree's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. know, I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm that way. I'm kind of both those people. Um, my husband is like a huge plant guy. Um, I wanted to record this podcast in our greenhouse, but that didn't work out with the Wi-Fi situation. Oh. But he's like huge plant person so whenever we go outside he's usually just he just stays in one place for a little bit which makes sense because plants <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they stay put it's great yeah and then he like makes a little circle and then the circle gets bigger and then eventually we'll be like okay we've seen four trees we've been here for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen all the trees you've seen them thoroughly yeah exactly <laughs> So, exactly. so what did you study in college? I studied, I wanted to be, a, I don't know why I wanted to do this, but I wanted to be a journalist that works like overseas. What are mm. they called? Correspondents. I really wanted to study being a correspondent. So I did a professional media degree, which is like the technical degree. So of, so it's like camera work, mm. audio engineering, writing. It's like the technical degree of journalism that's the best way i can describe it and then i got a minor in photography okay so yeah so a lot of technical stuff and then the minor came from i really liked photography but my um mom was sure that i would like starve to death if i (laughs) made that my major so which is funny because i paid for school but whatever um enough pressure (laughs) To be like, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I did. And then I got a job during college right before I graduated with uh, – there's a basketball team here in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a job with the Thunder here. Wow. And um, yeah, and worked on their broadcasting team. And that's where I did way more technical stuff. So that's where like most of my – I credit like that finishing my education off. Being okay. like, okay. Now use the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's interesting too, because like, um, it, I, and and I'm in, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about how how that kind of transitioned into where you are now. But you actually got to like use your degree, and that's that's weird to say, but I feel like a lot of people don't like no, you get yeah. a degree and it's just like oh I'm just gonna go get a job, and it's cool that like yeah. th- like you actually get to do the photography and the media and all that. It's very, listen, I'm like, it is not lost on me how like hashtag blessed I am <laughs> to do that because it is media 
And, um, but even when I was in school, it was like those jobs, it, it's transitioning now really hard, the media industry. But even then it was like the people who wanted to be work for newspapers. It's like, that's not a job that people do anymore. That's not a job that people our age get. It's not a job that's paying you. I, there was transition then, like people were leaving print media and going to digital. So mm-hmm. I just caught a wave of people being like, huh, we better learn how to use all this gadgets and software and stuff. <laughs> like, like you better learn how to do a lot of different stuff. That's basically what my degree is. And so I get to use it, but it's because I picked a Mod Podge degree. If I would have like niched down, I probably... Mm-hmm. I probably could have done better out the door. I don't know, but it would have been harder to get through hmm. that door. If that makes sense. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I went for the Swiss army knife. <laughs> and, and I think, I think there's at least something to be said for that because I think that that's a message that gets sent to students a lot is that, Oh, you mm-hmm. need to specialize. You need to like figure yes. out exactly what you're going to do and spend four years studying that and then go find a job in this one tiny little thing. Yes. And, and, And there's something to that, right? Like you said, like maybe there are higher paying, like higher sort of level jobs in very specific niche things, but like, goodness, they're few and far between. Yes. Yes. And it's a big bet. And like, honestly, so many talented people don't get those jobs. Like so many people who are deserve those jobs don't get those jobs. And it has nothing to do with you if you don't get it or if you don't make it through that door. It's literally like a million other people who are better than me won't get this job um, kind of a situation. So, yeah, that's I, I went for variety. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, no. I, and I, th- I think that's cool because like, you know, and, and there is something to be said, too, I think, for like just starting. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just like, OK, I've got a degree. I'm going to pick something that's close. Yes. You know, and just starting. Yes. I picked sports media. I did not want to do sports media. Um, but literally I just got a job. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's like, this sounds like something I'm learning to do and something I can do later. So I'm going to just do this. And some of my best friends who are still like in sports media doing awesome stuff did the same thing where you're just like, okay, here's an opportunity. I'm going to just take it and see what happens. Um, and that has guided me well. It's, seems like a slacker mindset but it's really not it's just like i don't know here's an opportunity what's the worst i could do fail it's, it'll be okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well and 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 uh, and and that is actually i think really powerful in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. you know i i'm i'm thinking back to the time like when i was in high school college or whatever and there was a picture painted of what like success or it's not even really the word I mean, but like what, what your life should look like going forward. They're like, you know, you do this, you get your degree, you get this job, you have the house with the fence and all the blah, blah. But like in my experience, life rarely looks that way. Yes. And I think like there should be more people telling you that when you're at your really young and ambitious ages. And like, I was just a really scared kid all through college because I, I was so poor. Oh my God. I was so poor, borderline homeless and just very on my own. And so that survivor mentality kicks in and you're like, how am I going to, how am I going to like get through this? How am I going to become an adult after this? Like if I can't even pay my rent now. 
kind of a thing. And you just like scrap your way through it and realize that, oh, maybe there's some, maybe I was doing the thing the whole time. Like I kept waiting to arrive to a place, be like, I'll land in magic adult world. And and that never happened. It still hasn't happened. (laughs) Oh, I don't. Yeah, no, I I'm three degrees in and I still haven't, I'm still waiting to feel like a grown up. Yeah. And and it's it's a scary thing like so I uh, it, for part of my job at least currently I run a, a horticultural garden in a greenhouse mm-hmm. on on campus at my university uh here at Texas Tech and like there's a lot of t- like I I employ undergrads and and mm-hmm. people and grad students and some days I still look around for the adult in the room and then I'm like oh crap that's me. I do I'm that the, all the time. I'm the grown up here. <laughs> Yes, I do that all the time. I have an intern, um, which blows my mind. I'm like, they gave me an intern. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and I forget to like, how? what's a better way to say this? Casually. I forget to, that I'm your supervisor, even though I don't. Ugh, that sounds so bad. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I totally get it. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing today? And she's like, you tell me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to give you things. No, it's funny because sometimes my my staff will come in and they'll just be like standing there looking at me. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you need me for things. Sorry. What? Yeah. What do you exactly. want? Go away. Go find something Ex- to do. Oh, I've got to give you something to do. She's so great too because she's she's learned that I'm like, dude, just just do it. She's such a self starter. Um, so I really dread the day that she. She wants to be a game warden. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she wants to be a game warden. And for some reason, like I have her like right now. <laughs> so she's like this social media intern who only uses Facebook. And it gets on my ever loving nerves. So I'm like, I asked for, they're like, here's an intern. I'm like, well, I need a social media intern. They're like, this one wants to be a game warden. So <laughs> kind, kind of the same. It's uh, not. Yeah, it's sure. Yeah. For those of the for for those people listening that may not know, give me the the elevator pitch of what a game warden does. A game warden is a state law enforcement officer who enforces fish and wildlife laws and regulations. They check a lot of licenses. They're like first responders. They it's a big it's a big kid job. And my intern wants to be one of those people. And she very well, very well is qualified to be that. She's like already finished her degree. She's like on her way to that track. And I just have her right now being like, let's answer Facebook questions. (laughs) Let's make a TikTok. (laughs) She's like doing her um, qualifications and she's being like, on her days off when I don't have her, she's being like pepper sprayed to get like cleat certified and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Let's make she a comes tweet. in, you're like, look at this funny thing I put on Twitter. And yeah. she's like, they sprayed me in the face today. Yeah. I got bear maced. Look what's happening. That has happened. That's happened. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> I'm like, good. I'm glad that. I'm glad that our game wardens would have to, I don't know, that they have to go through all of that. I'm glad that qualified people are doing that job. 
Um, I just think it's funny that I'm supervising one of those people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm no business with you, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, actually, I think that's a good place to take a quick break because when we come back, yes. I want to talk more about your job specifically mm-hmm. and what you do, how you got into it, all of that, and then um, just a little bit more about communicating about science and nature and all of that. So we'll take a quick, quick break and we'll be right back. Well, hey there. Welcome to the mid-roll, my friends. I'm so happy you're here. Aren't you enjoying this episode? I think when I was editing this episode, I smiled the whole time. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of Planthropology. Your support means the world to me. Thanks to the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science for supporting the show. Thanks to the Podfix Network for letting me be a part of it. And again, mostly thanks to you for listening. If you want to follow me and connect with Planthropology, go hit up all of my social medias. I am Planthropology or some variation thereof on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even though as we talk about in this episode, I rarely check Facebook anymore. Uh, And you look for the green background with the bristlecone pine and that is me. You can also look me up as The Plant Prof pretty much everywhere. If you would like to support the show in other ways, there are a lot of ways you can do it. First off, tell a friend. That is still the best way to help this podcast grow. If you think they'll like plants and nature and great conversations with really good people, uh, send them a link to Planthropology. Hey, start them with this episode. This is a really good one. And then uh, tell them some of your other favorites that they may enjoy. You can leave me a rating and review pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, uh, Podchaser, Spotify, CastBox, really wherever you listen. I would love it if you would drop me a rating and review. I wear a size five star. My birthday's coming up. And if you'd like to get me a gift, a five star rating and some nice kind words would go a long way. I also really want to know what you think genuinely, though. So if you've got thoughts, comments, um, ideas for the show, shoot me an email at planthropologypod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You can also head over to planthropologypod.com for all things planthropology, an archive of old episode, links to merch, and everything else that you might want to know about this show. Uh, And today I don't have a trailer for you, but I do have a plug for my book, Plants to the Rescue. Um, This episode is being released on June 22nd, 2023 and we're about three weeks from the release of my first book plants to the rescue which is about climate change and food supply and uh, all the cool science that we're using to um, breed new plants and find other uses for plants to address those things as well as stuff like pollution and lighting and all of those cool things it is a non-fiction book written for middle grade kids so like you know third through fifth grade-ish eight to twelve years old uh, it goes on sale again on july 11th everywhere but it's available for pre-order now through your favorite online bookseller it would mean the world to me if you would buy one for uh the plant lover or aspiring plant lover in your life the illustrations are done by a guy named brian lambert who is absolutely incredible it's published by a wonderful publishing house called neon squid so check out their other books as well they're all nonfiction, and they're all written by some really amazing folks so if you go check that out it would mean a lot to me but aside from that let's jump back into this great conversation with sarah and hear more about her outreach and the work she does on social media 
All right. Well, we are back. Sarah, other than um, supervising game wardens uh, or, or <laughs> soon to be potential game wardens. Just one. I do not supervise. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> tell people that, right? Okay. Don't tell people that. Okay. Uh, well, so, so tell us a little bit more about your job because you've got what seems like a really interesting position um, doing communications for a government agency. And uh, like, how did that come about? How did you get into that? Okay, so it it I want to say it came from being like deeply, deeply unemployed in the pandemic. So I I told you I started at the Thunder. So what had happened was like I don't know if you followed basketball, but mm-hmm. there was this one game that happened during COVID, like early days of COVID, March twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, where like one of the players had it. But this was like before anyone really knew much about it. This mm-hmm. was like when it was this mystery disease, you die on contact kind of a situation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so like one of the players had had it and they canceled the game. And so essentially like that game just shut down the NBA. But me and my stupid little butt was like in the locker room, media room area. And we were just stranded there for several hours. Oh, my and- gosh. Yeah, me and my friends are just like, okay, cool. This mystery disease is in the building. People are like kind of freaking out because like they come over the intercom. The game didn't even start and they're just like, everything's okay, but leave. <laughs> like, <kind of laughs> it's like um, the Thunder actually, I think they ended up doing like a special documentary or something about it. So if you want to go look at that, that's somewhere. Um But yeah, so I just kind of saw the writing on the wall of like, there's probably never going to be a smoother exit from a job in my life than this right now. So I was just, I basically got to say like, okay, I'm going to like, I don't want to say break up with us, but like, I'm going to go try to find something else and just got to experience being so unemployed for like nine months after that. Like I entered the job market in March of 2020. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh. Yeah. So Speaking was, of extreme sports. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It sucked. But also, um, really learned a lot about what is even possible with my degree and experience. And, um, I learned like a lot of social media people hmm. were what, like my resume just kept getting picked up by people looking for like social media. And um, the wildlife department was one of them. I met Kelly, who's my supervisor. She reached out to me and she's like, hey, this looks good. Please consider applying for it. We've never had this position before. So like they're, they never had a social media person hmm. before. So we we're both kind of like looking for some to try something. And we just really meshed. And then from there, like I've been here ever since. So it really did come from just going into the wild and being like, what's going to happen thing. And that's all right. I found this and it's worked out thankfully, but yeah, yeah, zero, zero contacts as to like what this would even look like on both sides. We were just like, okay, cool. (laughs) So, so that's really interesting because I think, you know, the type of communication, I think, and we'll get into some of the specifics of it as, as we get into this, but like the type of policy communication, science communication, the things that y'all do, like that's become very like in vogue 
in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, I feel like y'all were some of the first ones doing it. I like to say that, but like that sounds pretty arrogant, so I don't want to. I'd like to say we were a little bit on the trend at least, uh, but yeah. Because like, you know, a few years ago, Wendy's started eviscerating people on Twitter, right? That was yes. their whole thing. Like, yes. We're just going to be horrible to other humans on Twitter. And everyone was <laughs> like, Haha, they're funny. Yes. And like that was, I think, some of the early days. And, and it sounds weird to say this, but like mm-hmm. brands taking more of a like having having more of a personality, so to speak, yeah. on social media instead of this yes. is our policy. This is our thing. They were like actually yes. like real people on there. Yes. I I don't want to say that's even a trend. I want to like that's just a pivot in the landscape. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's I, it's not technology evolving, but it is a little bit of an evolved move, you know, because it's like people's internet literacy change changes like the longer that we use it. Yeah. Um people don't like talking to bots, so I don't know why you would let your whole social platform sound like one and then wonder why it's not working well and and i think we forget sometimes that like and and you say it's i I think it kind of is technology evolving in some ways or at least our application Mm of it but i think we forget that like social media is still so young like what i I was a freshman in college when uh facebook came out like 2005 i was a freshman in college and it was like, you know, you could message people at your university that had a .edu, like, nice. thing. And you're like, I have nine friends on Facebook. I'm kind of a big deal. And yeah. it was it was like this whole weird thing. And so, like, even in my experience, my entire adult life mm-hmm. has been sort of watching this thing evolve. And, mm-hmm. and this, uh, like you say, I think this is a big evolution in the way that we have started to use the outlet, use the technology. Yeah. Yes, I, I have to agree because it's like how we communicate, we, I don't know, we just get so stuck in believing that like people think and feel the same way that we do. And then we have this whole context of like human evolution that is just the internet. And so like, if you really think about it, the internet isn't even that new. I mean, isn't even that old. Mm-hmm. So of course it's changed the way that we speak to each other. And then we developed this whole new part of the internet that's designed just to speaking to each other, essentially to strangers. And then we put algorithms behind it to make us better at it. So it's like you either learn how to use the tool or you don't, but it's essentially like speaking another language. There's a lot of literacy that has to go into it. Um, And I think the successful brands are behind when it comes to being like just underestimating the customer i think it's really rude Mm -hmm. to assume that people can't read crappy marketing or Mm -hmm. like that people can't read low effort content if that makes sense it's like because they do and they will tell you about it oh oh for sure oh absolutely yes (laughs) one million percent yes yeah. Um, so, so then, so specifically, I, I guess talk a little bit about, and I, I don't even know what the right way to ask this question, so I'm gonna leave it a little open-ended. Please but like, do. <laughs> so, so you have sort of multiple platforms of like Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, right? Like that you, mm-hmm. you have outlets on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, it kind of, kind of everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did that, I mean, so you, you got into this job, um, you and your supervisor were both sort of trying to, figure out what it was going to look like. How did it evolve into like what it is today? Cause like, I feel like over the past year, your stuff has gained so much popularity. It's, 
Well, a lot of work. Like I, I want to say like it is on purpose. So like that's always a positive thing. Um, so when I got here, I was really lucky that Kelly, the supervisor that I have that hired me, she was the person running the social media accounts. Um, just by volunteer basis, mm-hmm. like basically. They, they got a Facebook account, I want to say, in, like, 2008 or something like that. And then um, just, like, used it for announcements and things like that. And so it was pretty successful and popular because it was older, um, too. And, like, people used it. But when I got here, Kelly was moving up to a supervisor position. And it had just grown to this thing that couldn't just be an add-on to a full-time job. It had mm-hmm. to be a full-time job. Um, and so I basically just had like a lot more room to actually do the work necessary to make it take off (laughs) and change it because like, it's hard to try to do as a side gig because it is something that I'm a specialist in. Um, and I feel really bad when you like, you hear the trope all the time of like, an interns can doing our stuff, like (laughs) controlling ourselves. It's like, wow, that's, I don't think you know what you're doing to that person. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's a full-time job, but okay, don't do that to them, but you should give them a raise and full-time benefits. But, um, yeah, so it took a lot of work to get things to take off. Basically I inherited it and then was like, all right, here's how here's where we can improve. And Twitter was a big problem child for us, Hmm. which is like no hate to anybody because Twitter's hard. It is hard. And it's a very tough audience too. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) A very tough audience. And also it was 2020. So, um, tough, tough audience. Um, yeah. So it, it was a lot of just throwing things against the wall and seeing if it would stick and then taking really hard notes when people would like, be rude to me <laughs> huh. so on the other side of the account be like hmm, they didn't like that let's try another joke <laughs> basically um and then really working on the algorithm stuff yeah. on the back end and just telling the people that i work with and that i volunteer with be like i'm not just messing around like i am being earnestly trying mm-hmm. <laughs> and that took a second to build that trust too <laughs> To be like, I'm not just goofing around, guys. This is on purpose. Well, and and that's such a good point too, especially on the communication side of this, because like it, like you're saying, and I think it's a good point that you make that no, it's like a real job. Like it's like a yeah. real difficult thing because in the past you would have people that read write newsletters and press releases and go on the radio and go on TV, and I'm sure that's still something that is done quite a bit in a lot of places, right? Yes. I worked yes. for the extension service for four years um, as a county agent, and I did a lot of that, right? Yeah. But it was like I can get on there and write a newsletter that a hundred people read, or yeah. I can write a funny tweet that has some actual content, and it could go viral and and uh, two two million people might see it. Yes, yes. And, and so uh, there is real value to it. It is. It is. In like last year, I think we got like eight million interactions in wow. just like. No, that's that's not right. Um, I think in likes, retweets, and something. It's a really small metric. It's not including impressions. We sure. got that many people directly talking to us just wow. on Twitter. Um, that's a lot of people. That's more people than like comes to the website sometimes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It's, it's like those are people directly talking to us. We're not counting like the my what I consider vet- vanity metrics mm-hmm. where it's like 
people saw it. The people who saw tweets, I want to say it's like 163 million or something, like just really high visibility. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, um, the content is very important because it moves fast yeah. on Twitter. Um, so it's like, we oh, got to yeah. pick, you got to cherry pick. It's a small piece of content, but it goes far. It's like a marble and a slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. And yeah. One of the, one of the first like big tweets I remember seeing, I think when I followed y'all was about a mountain lion and like yeah. telling people not to hug it. God, I'm like, if I could undo anything I've ever done <laughs> in my whole life, I would undo that. I every time I see that photo, I I feel like one of my kidneys like twinge a little bit because it's just <laughs> like it's just something deep within me that like hates it. But yes, <laughs> that happened. Um so basically my coworker Darren, here I'll show you. I'm sorry the podcast is an audio medium, but like Vikram gets to see this. Yeah. This is the whiteboard where all of our tweets come from. Okay. Uh, yes. I I, I just uh, – the words I saw very quickly were The Bachelorette and Waffle House. Yes. And, I uh, don't – what is that? <laughs> I think Animal Bachelorette. Okay, so basically everybody walks by and like just writes down tweets. And then our tweets come from this. This that, is where it comes from. That's amazing. So, yeah. It, it's really funny, which is why we get to like – I, I credit it with why our tweets are so funny because it's not just me. Like I get annoying after like five minutes. It's multiple people we can pick from. <laughs> like, but the mountain lion one was one of those on okay. not the whiteboard, but like Darren sent me a text. He's like, this would be funny. And then we just made our own meme out of it and then hit send and here we are now. <laughs> like, yes. Because um, of murder mittens. Yes. I really hate it. And so like that day, like all the plumbing in my house had exploded because it was so cold, um, which was part of the joke that we wrote in. Um, so I'm in like an emergency situation. Like my house is flooding and I'm trying to find a place to live and get all my dogs together and then this tweet is going viral. Like my job is on fire. My poor husband is like, like literally standing in water. And I'm like, Ryan Reynolds is interrupted with our tweet. <laughs> what is Ted Cruz doing here? Like, get, get, get out. Yeah. Like, what is going your, on? Your phone is literally having like a nuclear meltdown. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm really going to cry. I'm so overstimulated right now. I don't know what to do. So a lot of those replies are like, in real time like responses to people because i was like in an elevated situation Mm -hmm. just being you know people are saying dumb stuff and i'm like shut up (laughs) 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 i'm doing other things right now we gotta gotta move on but yeah um but from there it really did like give the people around here and the people that i work with um a lot of trust that oh like you can quote unquote, go viral and things not be bad. (laughs) Like it doesn't have, again, 2020 was a really hard year for everybody. Like going viral, I have a lot of mercy on people who like are skeptical of stuff because they, they tend to have good points. We don't like to hear that, but yeah, um, yeah, that's what that was for us. And then we got to 
we I want to say we already pivoted our voice before then. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give us credit. We had <laughs> some tweets like pop off, but I think the highest we got was like 6,000 mm-hmm. and stuff. So like the algorithm was already there to like really tip something over. Sure. So a lot of people reference the mountain lion but we're like we had some really good dumb bangers back in there <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go do find some deep cuts to share with this episode um well and and so so kind of tying off of that so i'm i'm looking i looked through sort of your social media and you've got somewhere in the neighborhood of like half a million followers across platforms and maybe more than that actually Ooh. And I think it was like 200,000 on Twitter, two something on 230 on TikTok uh-huh. and maybe 50 on Instagram or something. And yes. uh, I, I try not to look at Facebook. I have a r- new rule that I will scroll Facebook until it makes me like want to disown an old friend or family member. And it's usually about 35 seconds these days. I just don't get on Facebook. I'm so it. sorry. If I you're communicating. I won't. <laughs> I, I can't do I it. Uh, but um, – so, so you have the, this huge platform, and I feel like y'all have a really interesting mix of, I mean, it, it's all, I, I think the tone holds up and the voice is consistent, which is really cool, and I don't think people realize how difficult that is um, mm-hmm. to keep a consistent voice throughout, whether you're talking about, you know, a, a goofy tweet about a, a mountain lion or like serious issues that have to do with interacting mm-hmm. with the environment and nature and things like that. Yeah. Do you have a strategy for that? Or is it just sort of like, that's just the sort of DNA of your office and the the people that you work with? I want to say it's both because like they're the hard line. Okay. So like the snarkiness is very true to like me and Smokey and the people. So I'm talking about people who volunteer on the social media mm-hmm. team Um, there's me, so it's my primary job, but like all this content and ideas and stuff, they come from like my friends who like work with us in the office. Mm -hmm. So me and Smokey have this snarky, sarcastic attitude. And then like Micah and Darren are like dads. So they always have a great dad joke in the canon. And then Kelly is like really punny, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it is kind of hardline built into the DNA. But, like, to be funny with people, you have to, like, actually invest into people because humor is humor is intimate. And I don't mm-hmm. think that, like, I, people aren't comfortable, like, being friendly, <laughs> let alone, like, being um, friends. Like, we're not very good at being friends with mm-hmm. people because it takes a lot of attention. Um, but if you want to be funny, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, I'm not friends with these people because that's my goal is to like use them or anything like that. That's ridiculous. But like it took a year or so to like just become friends and like get to know the people that you're around to understand like, oh, this is why Micah thinks that's funny. And then I can adjust my thought and be like, that actually is funny. You know, yeah, <laughs> kind, of sure. thing, kind of a thing. Because if you just trust like your own taste over and over again, it's like that's not useful to anybody. Like nobody does that. Literally nobody, nobody does that. Um, probably the funniest people in the world don't do that. But um, yeah, it takes like it takes some friendship, like genuine. Let's get to know each other time. And in this environment, you can't do that. Like we we're leaving for a division meeting like tomorrow where we're just going to hang out together for a few days. Um, talk about projects but and then the second thing is is that like understanding that when I cross the line or if we do cross the line on the other side of that like wildlife 
uh, can be harmed mm-hmm. and or people can be harmed and nobody wants that responsibility. So that's another hard line. So there's like two of them, but in the bounds, it's a fair game. Like mm. it's fun kind of a thing. Um, like soccer without the out of bounds would be really boring and chaotic mm. and nobody would play it. But like the boundaries are actually very good. I think for building voices and like doing what we're doing. Um, so like they should a be respected, but like not feared <laughs> like kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, they're there for reasons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's, that is, I, I love the way you say that, that the boundaries are there. I, I, I like your soccer analogy. That's really, that's really interesting. It's like without the boundaries, it becomes chaotic and it becomes something that it shouldn't be. Right in yeah, a lot of ways, yes. yeah. Um, but then within with that within that, you have like all this all this freedom to do fun stuff and to <laughs> yes. Uh, so a question I have, and a question that that comes up to me because I I do some of this kind of communication through the podcast mm-hmm. and my social media stuff, and and like it, I'm trying to figure out the right way to ask this because like there's yeah. I, I have like a, an idea in my brain, and I'm like. I don't know. This is something that I, I worry about a lot. And and I think yeah. you kind of addressed it already talking about like the boundary of like if you say the wrong thing, someone could take something wrong and get hurt or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking about not just like a lot of my stuff is I, I yell about these dumb plant hacks where they put like banana peels I've in water. Seen those. I get so yes. angry. I get <laughs> I so angry, I Sarah. Love those. Uh, Keep doing those. Like it is <laughs> Like, Those are good content. <laughs> it's almost like my spiritual discipline at this point of like, <laughs> I have to watch this crap. And then, but, but like, if someone puts banana water in something, like, they're not going to get hurt, right? Like, the, the yeah. stakes are low. Like, do you have, I guess, the relationship? Do you have the trust with your audience that if you're like, no, really, guys, like, this is uh, a big deal? Like, this is something you need, really need to think about. Like, mm-hmm. does your audience respond well to that? Or are they like, get back to the jokes? I okay so I think it's at first it was like get back to the jokes Mm. but like being willing to be like I'm gonna take an L on this TikTok and I'm gonna take an L on this tweet um because it's important Mm -hmm. like kind of thing and like being consistent being like I don't care if this is popular or not wear a life jacket like or like we don't care if this tweet doesn't go viral or not like don't pick up a font Mm -hmm. or things like that and just being very consistently hardline on the on that thing and then also the snarkiness in our tone kind of built is built in mm-hmm. to that a little bit nobody who's listening to this steal that just like find your own thing to do but <laughs> 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 but it's like the snarkiness kind of helps us too because it is like serious if um yeah. and people re- also it's very southern yeah. It's like it's southern. Like yeah. we can we you can get you can politely get on to people here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um you know, you're in Texas. It's like it's just how we talk to people and I think everyone else like regionally gets confused in it. Like are you being nice? Are you being rude? It's like no, I'm being neither, but I am being direct. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm trying to cut it out kind of thing. So it's it's a lot of that, which is how like the people that I grew up around and that I work with, they're all like that. They communicate that way like <laughs> you, you know that's interesting and, and that's i i don't know that i've i have I, i've noticed it i don't know if i've thought about it in those terms but like when you post something like and when i've seen stuff come up on your page that's like 
you know, again, still snarky, still funny, but it's like, no, really, this is a big deal. Like, I mm-hmm. take it in those terms of, like, yeah. this is a, 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 a genuine correction that you're yeah. making. Um, yeah. Because, again, I, I grew up in Texas. Like, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm a Southern like, kid, too. And it's you like, hear it. I hear it. That's really interesting. And I think that's, uh, that is definitely going to be something with the reach you have. Yeah. That some people are not going to pick up on. That's really fascinating to me. Yes. And you'd you'd be surprised about the people who like don't pick up on it because every single time like you can almost tell that it is a linguistics situation that they're not understanding. But like our following who is mostly from the area because that's how this algorithm works mm-hmm. um, will like almost correct them for me and be like, no, this is Oklahoma. Like or like this is. Okay, so we tweeted um, that we don't have any moonfish, and it confused the crap out of people because <laughs> I'm like, we don't have an ocean. Like, yes, I meant we as in Oklahoma, not in the world. Yeah. And people were like, moonfishes are real, and I'm like, that's not what I said. That yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, like this was an after lunch tweet. This is not a piece of content. This is just to keep Twitter alive, but okay. Yeah. Um, but, and it became a problem because so many people like didn't understand regional speak basically. So that we run into that, but we stay married to Oklahoma. If that makes sense to be like, we'll bring it back around because it's easier to do that way. Well, and, and that's and that's interesting too because you kind of have to, right? Because you are specifically the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife. Yes, right. That yes, is, that is your job. That is your identity. That's what you do. You are there first and foremost for people interacting with wildlife in Oklahoma. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like go bother Texas Parks and Wildlife, but that's, <laughs> like you know, but kind of a thing. But it's like, um, but it does like protect us from a lot of. Again, soccer is a terrible game without the boundaries. Yeah. Like and it's also dangerous. Um like we we can't get into all that. Like yeah. I don't have again, that's a very southern way to say I don't have time to get into all that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But it's off goal, it's off mission, it's off if it's off, it's off. And there's I'm not gonna break my back trying to yeah. go into a frontier that isn't like mine to have, so it's cool. Um, have your moon fish. <laughs> that's, we that's have really no ocean here. That's yeah. really interesting. So I, I've, a, as we, I just looked at the time and this has gone fast because I'm really enjoying talking to you. Yeah. Um, um, I've got a couple of just uh, uh, questions uh, as, as we start to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite national park? Oh man. I, is the Grand Canyon a national park? Yeah. Okay, I really, really love. I love the desert. I mm-hmm. am a lizard person. I can't. I don't know what it is. I think it's probably being Latino. Just, just like the heat, I'm okay with. Second, it gets cold. I start struggling, even though I do a lot of cold sports. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it for me. Is that like it's extreme when I walk outside? Like that's <laughs> the, that's when it starts. That's when the sport starts. Um, and I also love like the Rocky. I love the Rockies. I'm in there like once a year. I love Long's Peak, which is the only 14er in the Rockies. Um, yes. And you can get on it without like going through the, um, national park, Mm -hmm. like entrance. It's not the formal entrance. It's like a trail entrance. It's really great climbing. So I, I really like Long's Peak, but maybe not as a park. 
um, Grand Canyon as climbing Long's Peak. Okay. So one of both. Okay. The Rockies get a little full, but you know. Okay. <laughs> um, since this is a plant podcast, do you have a favorite yes. plant? I think it's big blue stem grass. Okay. I like I like it. Um, it's all in our flower bed. I like that it gets orange in the in the um, fall in winter, mm-hmm. and it's like the grass that I associate with being home. It's like the plant that I think about when I think of Oklahoma. It's the color that I think about. I like it was all over our wedding and stuff like that. Um, my husband is in Western Oklahoma, and they're like big farmers and ranchers. And whenever I think about like going home and being in that part of the country, like feeling really like yes, this is where my people are at. It's just big grass it's Mm -hmm. like flat orange grass as far as you can see so i really think it's big blue stem okay that's really cool i actually really identify pretty strongly with that because up here Mm -hmm. in my part of texas it's you know short grass prairie medium grass prairie so like yeah that's it's very like you said kind of place setting Um, yes it it yeah it feels like home you start the prairie is dope no nobody like nobody gives it any love it's gorgeous and underrated oh yeah and I I love the prairie, yeah. Big skies and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> short grasses, as far as you can see. Paradogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this is this is an aside, but the most popular TikTok I've had in like a long time was mm-hmm. we were in New Mexico. Um, we'd gone to Carlsbad and they're the the um, oh desert botanical garden out there. And they zoo. It's really pretty. It's beautiful. Uh Uh Um, But they have a little like enclosure with prairie dogs, and there's like a rock squirrel that comes out of the hole. And (laughs) I'm not a plant. I'm like I'm not an animal guy. So I see this squirrel, and I'm like, Are you Are you lost? Like, what are you doing here? And like that has been consistent for whatever reason. That like hit a nerve. Everyone was like, Ha ha! Look at the funny squirrel. I don't know. And I don't know if you've ever seen them. They have very human ears. Like they do. It's. A little upsetting, actually. Yeah, I think it's kind of gross, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't think that should be allowed. No, it's too, it's it's like uncanny valley, but a squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's see that uh, uncanny squirrels is gonna have to go in this episode title. Um, <laughs> um, so so the last question, and this is something that I ask all of my guests. Um, if uh, you know we we've talked about a lot of great stuff and and if there was one thing if you had a piece of advice uh either about life or careers or whatever nature um that you wanted to like leave with our listeners what would that be what what's the one thing you'd w- want to send home with people and i'll it's probably like what i'm working on and myself in the biggest across all of it now is that you're, you're going to be okay. Like mm. <laughs> you're, you're going to be okay. Like, um, this isn't, this isn't my first choice, but I, I got like a lot of rejection before I got here. I wasn't aiming for this. It just happened and it's okay. And whatever happens to me after this, it'll be okay. Um, personally, professionally, like it'll be okay. And if you just give yourself the grace to calm down for a second, you can get through anything and you can do anything. You just got to like bet on yourself that it'll be okay. Um, and you got it because you're not stupid. So like, yeah. yeah, you got this. No, you that's great advice. That's yeah. great advice. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, Sarah, that was so much fun. <laughs> I got no, really, that was, that was great. Thank I, you for I having really me. enjoyed that. Where, where all can, uh, where all can people find you? 
I'm on, okay, so I'm on Twitter, but fair warning, like, my personal Twitter is my personal Twitter, so it's whatever. Sure. Um, don't look for, like, really smart musings on there. Um, I hope you like Princess Diaries, but <laughs> <laughs> it's at, it's at Heya, I'm Sarah, H-E-Y-A-I-M-S-A-R-A-H, and then Instagram, I'm the same. Okay. Um. And then TikTok, that's for me <laughs> in my scrolling. And then uh, Facebook, I'm not there. Don't. <laughs> don't look for you there. Don't let me. Don't make me log in there. Um, don't make me go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, and I'll I'll post all that as well as a link to the Oklahoma wildlife stuff in the in the show notes. But um, sure. that was awesome. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Y'all, like Sarah said, you're going to be okay. No matter what happens, you're going to find a way to be okay. I believe in you. Sarah believes in you. And I hope you believe in yourself. Y'all, wasn't that such a great episode? She's so much fun, so knowledgeable, and just, I think, one of, again, I'm going to say it again. Sarah, you are one of the funniest people on the internet. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of Planthropology. Uh, If you want, go follow me on social media. Thanks again to the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science. Thanks to the Podfix Network. And if you're in the market for a book for yourself or for a loved one, go check out Plants to the Rescue, available for pre-order now and everywhere else on July 11th, 2023. It would mean the world to me. You know I love you. Thanks for listening. Keep being kind to one another. If you have not been kind to one another to date, this is a great time to give that a shot. It's a good thing to do. Keep being really cool plant people, and I will talk to you very soon. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.